before we get started on part two of our Premier Cricket preview for this season, uh, we just want to follow up on something that was um, reported on part one, and that was the rumour around Ryan Hackney transferring from Parramatta to Penrith. Following the recording of uh, part one, we've been since informed that Ryan Hackney will in fact be staying at Parramatta. Here at Triple H Sports, we always aim to give the most up-to-date information and when information becomes out of date, we do our best to update this accordingly. As such, we're happy to correct the rumour around Ryan and confirm he will be staying at Parramatta District Cricket Club. We're also happy to apologise for any inconvenience this has caused in the result of this announcement. We look forward to continuing with working with all clubs in uh, New South Wales Premier Cricket, the Women's uh, Premier Cricket, as well as Sydney Shires, and we wish uh, the best of luck to Parramatta and to all clubs ahead of the 2022-23 season. Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and a welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you. And after the rave reviews from our preview of the 2022-23 New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition Part 1, we thought we just had to get the band back together to do it all again for Part 2. So let's not waste too much time into it. Joining us once again is the wise man himself, Matt Mears. And, well, they say one good turn deserves another, so why not do it? Exactly right. Uh, Hello to you. Hello to everybody listening out there. Mate, um, rave reviews for our part one. Uh, Thank you for all those that have downloaded and and listened through Triple H and and however you uh, consume your audio content these days. But, uh, as I said, it was so good the first time round. They say rarely uh, that the sequel can be just as good, but I'm going to go. I'm going to put put it out on the line here. Godfather Part Two, Premier Cricket Preview Part Two. They're going to be line on line. This is going to be a Part Two for the ages. Absolutely, and we have gone so far to ensure that we can deliver the same quality as we did last time. We even brought our special guest back, Cub himself, Jack Ritchie. Good evening to you. Evening, Anthony, Matt. Thanks for having me back, guys. Looking forward to it. Thank you for uh, returning once again, Jack. And, you know, the the competition is that big that we have to go over two parts for, for this show. But such is the rich tapestry of New South Wales Premier Cricket that this is pretty much the only way that you can give it justice, isn't it? That's right. 20 clubs, um, lots to get through. So uh, in order to go into that depth on each club, yeah, we've got to give it a two-part series. Well, with that, let's get straight into it. We've got another 10 teams to call. Umpires Hugh Duss and Strikes Back are in position. Clock has ticked over time and we are all set for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off here tonight with our, our next team in alphabetical order. It is the Northern District Rangers, the ND Rangers, the home team for Triple FM. And Matt Mears, uh, a couple of transfers here to talk about for Northern District. One of them in particular, a big one and a favourite of us on Triple H Sport. Well, well, we'll get to the bad news first. Obviously, Ben Davis retiring. He'll leave a bit of a hole in that ND Rangers side. But Tristan McDonald, he comes home after uh, a couple of seasons at Sydney. And Mitch Faring returns after a six-year hiatus. I'd want to know what's behind the scenes there because... I said, if I think I stopped for six years, <laughs> I don't know how willing the body would be to want to come back after that much of a layoff. But I tell you, if you want to come back to any club, um, the ND Rangers, after what they've been producing the last few years, that's one of the clubs you'd want to be at. And Jack, what we've seen from Northern District has just been consistent high achievement. This is a team that a, a few years ago, a lot of people will remember was the basis of that epic second grade grand final over three days against Manly Warringah. Uh, probably one of the best games that we've, um, we've ever called on in triple on Triple H Sport. And this team has just got the core of a team that can go and win a premiership. 
Yeah, they do. They're a really strong side, and they were really unlucky not to win last year's premiership. Um, they were probably the, the the best side through the the regular rounds, and, and just got pipped in the um in the grand final. But I think, as you said, Ben Davis will be a really big loss for them. His leadership and his his experience. Um, so they've got David Lowry taking over the captaincy. I think he's sharing the captaincy um, with Scott Rogie. I think Rogie's doing the the twenty twenty games and. Lowry's doing the two-day and the 50-over game. So it'll be interesting to see how that that works, having having two skippers. Um, Lowry as well didn't have the best season last year by his standards. So with the added pressure of captaincy this year, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But look, Rodgy had a great season last year and he's one of the best players in the comp. And they've got some really good young players, Corey Miller and, and Lachlan Shaw are, are really, really talented um, up and coming players, so yeah, I think they'll definitely be uh be, be right up there again. Right, a quick tip from you, gentlemen, with regards to Northern District. Uh, for me, I see them top six and should be considered one of the favourites for the competition. I, I'd have to agree with you there. You, you look through the the talent and the guys that were up there contributing. Yet your Scott Rogers, your Lowry's, Axel Kalen, Ross Porson. The, the list goes on and on and on. I'm sure we'll be calling them uh, more than once on Triple H uh, in the Kingsgrove uh, T20 Cup uh, throughout 22-23. But that core group together, um, as, as I said, yeah, you get one or two out, but you've still got that core group together. They'll produce uh, good things again. Whether whether they can be as, as as up the top as they were in previous season, like last year, I don't know. But, yeah, you've got to have them as a lock in that top six. And, Jack, your prediction? Yeah, agreed. I'd have them in the, the top six for sure. I think they're a really well-balanced team. They've got some um, excellent excellent batters in Rogi and Kalen and Lowry, Shaw. Um, Ross Pawson's a really good quick. Uh, Chris Green, when he's available, obviously um, bowls his offies and is a very good uh, first-grade bat. So, yeah, I see him as a top three or four team. Well, let's move on to the Penrith Cricket Club, the Penrith Panthers, and uh, Matt Mears. It's it's just like kiss out here at the moment right now. The band <laughs> is back together. Well, they've needed to do something here, Penrith. They said they they were flying high. They they lost a few pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, and rather than go for youth or or some of these things that we see other clubs done, they've just gone. Yeah, we'll get the band back together. We'll we'll uh, we'll put the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle back. And uh, Ryan Gibson coming back from South Australia is a big one. Uh, his fitness after what we uh, we saw, he had a few injuries while he was in South Australia. That'll be interesting to see. And uh, and Hunar Werner also coming back into the team as well. Uh, and a couple of good pickups for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, along with that, Brent Williams returning from England and Owen Cole from Campbelltown, Camden. You know, Jack, this is a, this is a team. You know, they're going to get everyone back together. They've still got a, quite a few handy players in this lineup. It probably the most one of the most positive movements forward that we've seen from any club in the lead up to the start of the the season. Yeah, absolutely. I really like their squad. Um, Ryan Gibson's a really dominant first grade bat, and he'll be available for most of the season. I can't, I can't see him getting a run with the Blues. He might, he might get a little gig in the Big Bash, but he'll score heaps of runs. Ryan Hackney will score a lot of runs, um, and with Verma coming across from Blacktown, gives them a bit of strike with the ball to complement Josh Layla, who's obviously one of the best bowlers in the comp. So I think they're a really well, uh, well-balanced team, um, and I, I expect them to, uh, to, to be very much in the hunt for a top-six position. My, my only worry with this team was about them taking wickets in the competition, especially with the move back to two-day cricket. But I think... The, the two-day format is probably going to suit them a lot a lot more, especially considering that with the way that they bat here. I've predicted 11th to 15th. Matt Mears and Jack Ritchie, am I being harsh on them? Oh, look, I, I think they'll obviously finish a lot better than the 17th they finished last season. Um, it wasn't a good year. Uh, you'll get a lot of bounce back. Will they be top six? I, I, I think... Even though it's great to put jigsaw pieces back together, it, it does take a little bit of time for things to gel. I, I do think they'll need a, a year back together before we'll see their best again. But I, I think they should at least 
um, be in that seven to ten bracket. And Jack, yeah, no, I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb. I mean, I think they will make the top six. I think it all depends on the fitness of Layla and Verma. If they can stay on the park, I think they're going to have heaps of runs to play with through Hackney and Gibson. So, um, yeah, I'm backing them for a, a top six position. We now move on to Randwick Petersham Cricket Club, the Randy Peets. And Matt Mears, well, we mentioned it last year, uh, last week, I should say. And they have had a bit of a – the transition has well and truly start for the Randy Peters. Yeah, they've been one of those teams that have always been there or thereabouts. They've uh, they, they've had one of those good first-grade signs that, that stuck together. And we're finally starting to see that that, that glue that's held them together um, starting to fall away. Um, obviously, Daniel Sams is – is either on international duty or on T20 duty or on some New South Wales duty or some sort of duty that we don't see him playing in this Randy Pete side. Um, you've got Jason Sanger, who will probably be a regular for the Blues. Um, and then with some of those losses that we announced last week, um, with with the three that left for for, for, um, for Bankstown, while you've got Adam Semple has also announced his retirement, I think it's going to have to be that there's going to be a lot of those second-grade players um, from last season are going to have to step up. They they didn't have the best of seasons themselves, so it'll be a very different, I feel, Randy Pete side um, this season. And the biggest thing for, the, for this, Jack, as well, is that their biggest strength has been in the limited overs formats and in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. They've lost their most... Um, some of the most damaging plays in those competitions now to other clubs. And they, although they've picked up Tim Tector from the Irish international, you know, that's a big hole to fill. Yeah. Re- really big hole. I do agree. I, I think Randwick might, um, might have a bit of a rebuilding year, so to speak. Um, Adam Semple has been such a quality player for them for so long. Um, in all formats and with bat and ball. So losing him um, is, a, is a really big blow. And look, the other one, Riley Eyre made his debut for New South Wales last year. So there's always the chance that he might jag a few more games in the baggy blue or, or jag some games over that big bash period for one of the, the clubs. So he might not be available as much as he has been too, and that will will hurt them further. So, yeah, I, I do think um, they might be in for a bit of a, Bit of a, a tough year, Randy. I think that this is the most likely team to drop out of the top six. I think they'll finish somewhere around seventh to tenth. I think they'll they'll still feature in some way, shape, or form in the limited overs in the T twenty formats, but I don't think they're going to be the force that they have been over the last few years, Mizzy. No, they the the days of calling them on Kingsgrove T twenty finals day, I think. Well, they won't be gone. I don't think we'll see it for the next year or two at least. Um, as I said, as Jack mentioned, you've got Riley Air there. You, you've still got Anthony Sams. You've got the likes of Dea Singh um, that will be there week in, week out, that will be able to continue. It'll be interesting to see what Tim Tector, um, the, the right-arm off spinner from uh, from Ireland, obviously the, they have that relationship. You'll see in, I think it's early October, they've actually got three Irish uh, warm-up games before the uh the World Cup um, being played at Coogee Oval, there'll be some ones to keep an eye on. But it'll be interesting to see how this sort of ragtag team where you've got a few of the older blokes, you've got a, a few of these imports, and then you've got a few of probably the second graders come up. It'll be interesting to see how they can mesh and and, and really see how they can continue this Randy Pete side. I, I don't see them finishing in the top six again like they did last year. I think we'll probably see seven to ten. I think there's enough talent there that they'll win some games, but they're not that that Randy Peets that we know and love from the last few seasons, at least. And and the difficult part you got whenever you go through any sort of rebuild, Jack, is that you need to have a pretty strong second grade team to be able to filter through. Randy Peets, in terms of their, their second and their third grade teams, have not entirely set the world alight over the last few years. No, no. They, they look to have struggled a little bit. Um, and generally, I think to win a first grade comp or to sort of be up there, you really need to have sort of 15 or 16 first graders at your club and have that competition for spots and that depth. And it looks like Randwick perhaps don't have that at the moment. Um, and I think Will, Will Affleck is going to be quite a, 
a loss as well. A steady opening batsman, you know, someone that can get the team away to to, to good, consistent starts. An O'Reilly medalist from a couple of seasons ago. Um, so I think he, his um, his loss will will be, will be, be felt um, by Randwick this season as well. So yeah, I see them dropping dropping out of that six, particularly in two day cricket. And um, yeah, probably just sort of in the middle of the road somewhere there. We now move on to the St George District Cricket Club, the famous St George Dragons, the Red V, and Matt Mears. A little bit quiet in terms of the transfers, but there's one in particular that's going to make a pretty significant ripple, not in terms of the mainstream, but a star of the future. Yeah, well, the the, the big out, obviously, Max Farmer has, has made his way across to Fairfield, Liverpool, but someone a few people have their eye on. Um, I'm sure you can tell us a little bit more about him, Caruso, in, in Sam Constas making the... Uh, the short trip across from Sutherland, as I said, you, you hear about these these northern rivalries we have and the Manly Mossmans of the world and the, the North Sydney Gordons. This is certainly the southern rivalry. So for him to jump ship here, um, particularly with, with how good he's gone in the in some of these junior shields, uh, a big get, I think, for uh, for St. George. Uh, well, sorry, a big a big get for, for Sutherland, we should say. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, my no, apologies. Yes. No, that's okay. Um. Jack, this is a this is a kid that scored six hundred odd runs in Green Shield last year. You know, he is a wealth of talent in this competition. It's a big get for Sutherland, who are you know screaming for talent. And you know, St George must be kicking themselves right now that they've just let a superstar of the future go like this. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be disappointed to uh to have lost him. Um, but look, as a you know, a young Green Shield player, I don't think I don't I can't imagine him. Um, playing or or having too big an impact on in first grade at the moment, so I don't think he, they'll they'll sort of he'll impact their first grade results too much. But um, clubs definitely you know want to hang on to their juniors, so they'll be disappointed to have lost him. But um, I'm sure they might try and get him back down the track a little. Well, bit. I mean, I could see I could see him actually get accelerated at Sutherland, given what's been going on there. So do you think that's probably the move that he's made? The 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 very likely opportunity he will get first grade experience at a young age yeah look i'd say sutherland have they've offered obviously offered him some sort of carrot to, to to move across so what that carrot is uh, i'm not exactly sure but i wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of um you know guarantee or whatnot to be um in and around that first grade team yeah St. George have been a, a, a very consistent team is over the last few years always there or thereabouts to make the the finals they finished fifth in first grade. They finished third in the Sixers, Sydney Sixers Conference. They finished fourth in the club championship. You know, you know what you're going to get with St. George, a very traditional club. They know how to play cricket. doesn't matter what format it is they have. Um, they did have the best batting lineup in the competition last year, although that's probably the benefit of playing at Hurstville Oval. The only <laughs> challenge they've got is the pressure from representative duties, especially with the unavailability from time to time of Trent Copeland and Curtis Patterson. How do you see this team going this year? Well, they they, they have that depth, and uh, obviously, yeah, don't have Copeland. He'll be on New South Wales or Channel Seven's duties. Uh, Patterson, he'll obviously New South Wales, and I believe he's on with the Sixers. Your favourite uh, laptop man, uh, Moses Henriques, as well. He'll be uh, unavailable for the majority of the hey, season hey, hey, as well. Hey, 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 I have nothing of that, all right? There's nothing wrong with a good Spotify, all right? <laughs> I knew I had to throw that one in there for you. But when you have a look at through some of these names, um, you, you, you've got the Nick Stakelands, the Luke Bardias, uh, Ortiz, um, Peter Francis. You look through some of these names and you know that they're going to make runs upon runs uh, throughout the year. That That's what they do. Um, you you got... The, the big man, Joe Graham, uh, with the ball as well. They've, they've got that depth there that some of these other clubs, like like that Southern, like you mentioned, that they wish that they had. So they can lose those top three or four players and then they'll have those they'll have that talent to come in and, and shore up that team in those uh, situations while they're away. So they'll always be there. They'll always be around that top six. So I'd say probably towards the bottom end of it, just due to those uh, availabilities. Um, we'll see them in the high up in the Kingsgrove sports uh, cup again as well. So I think they'll just be the same old St. George. They'll just keep um, producing as they always do. 
Jack, Joe, Joe, what do we say about Joe Graham? He's got a lot <laughs> of talent about him, but I've, I've played with him. He loves a good Instagram. You've played. He does love a good Instagram, but we've seen him at times, Jack. He can be an absolute space cadet some, at times. <laughs> well, he's definitely a character, Joe. Um, he, he, I don't think he's produced his best results since he went to St. George. Um, I feel like, you know, bowling spin at, at Hurstville is is a bit of a challenge. It's usually uh, pretty flat or has something in it a little bit for the for the quick. So he'll be really keen for a big season um, just to sort of really solidify, I think, his, um, his spot in first grade and also to try and hopefully catch the attention of the state selectors. But, look, I really like this St. George team. I think they're really... Really strong team. Um, Blake Nikitaris made his debut for New South Wales last year, so it'll be really interesting to see how he um, how he performs this season. I know he'll be very keen to sort of get back into that New South Wales setup. So, um, so you know, he, it'll be interesting to see how he how he performs if he if he um, can be consistent or if he maybe um, you know puts a bit too much pressure on himself and. Um and sort of falls away form wise. It, 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 it'll be interesting. Blake McDonald had a huge year last year. Scored over seven hundred runs. So I expect him to uh to to have another good year and and keep improving. And the other one was Nick Stapleton, who had a really quiet season by his standards last year. But the season prior to that was the O'Reilly medalist. So I expect him to bounce back to his best form this year. And um yeah, I think St George they were unlucky not to progress further last season in that final series. So I think they'll be in the top six and really pushing to, to make a semi-final or a grand final. This well, year. let's make the trip across Tom Ugly's bridge to Sutherland district cricket club, the Sutherland sharks. And Matt Mears, we mentioned Sam Constance making the trip across Tom Ugly's bridge, but we do know a, a favorite of triple H sports has announced his retirement. Yeah, Chris Chris Williams uh, will be uh, into retirement for who for how long? Who knows? I think a lot of us have made retirements. I think I've made my T twenty retirement at least five or six times, and then get dragged back into playing the the god awful game for us bowlers. But uh, as I said this Sutherland Cricket Club again. It, this cricket, this first grade side. It, it's one of those ones where you, you're always hoping for a lot. And and yes, they had that awesome season while while Steve Smith was out of the international scene and and he was able to to contribute a lot. But they were a team that I thought once they had that injection of him and they could learn off him that they would they would push on and go somewhere. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. They sixteenth last year in the in the in the regular competition. They were eighth in the Thunder Conference for the T twenties. It's just something about it. They've got the names. They've got the Jared Bivianos. They've got the Ben Dorsius when available. They've got the Tom Pinsons. There's quality players here, but it's just you're always expecting them to do the, the, take that next step, and they it's just somehow they just don't seem to be able to do it. Jack, the it's an interesting dilemma that, that Sutherland appears to have at the moment because in one way they've got a pretty – decent-sized catchment all to themselves, being the entire Sutherland Peninsula. And almost you could you could almost say all the way down to Wollongong. So the question really comes as to why Sutherland hasn't kicked on the way they have, especially when they had that year, when they had the likes of Steve Smith, Ben Dwarshus, Aidan Barriol, and um, Austin Waugh playing for them. Yeah, it is an interesting one. They do have that large catchment, and they have had some really good players from that Wollongong area um, come to the Sutherland Club and and perform well. So yeah, look to me, it just looks like they're just going through a bit of a a bit of a, a stage at the moment where they're um, just sort of yeah struggling a little bit in in first grade and not really pushing for finals. But um, look, they they do have still some some handy players at, at full strength. Um, but look at yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I see them really making too much of a, a dent in the competition. I I'm I'm genuinely concerned about Sutherland this year, Matt. I've said bottom five, and I think I could see them sliding further towards that battle for the wooden spoon. Oh, definitely they'll be in that sixteen to to twenty bracket. You just you look at it, and and it's good for the likes of San Conscious. He'll be able to get that first grade experience. But we've seen with like the likes of 
of Aiden Barriol and, and Intel, that, that these young kids that have come in and, and getting that first grade experience, but then they've also taken that and then joined other clubs. So hopefully for, for Sutherland, they can get some players in that, that want to make that journey and, and want to see them go back up the ladder. Just unfortunately for them, it won't be this season. Um, they'll, they'll need to, to lean on a few of those big names that we mentioned before, but it, it's going to be a struggle again for them this year. They, they need, they need something. I, I don't know what it is. Cause I said, you, you see the likes of Steve Smith come out there. Glenn McGrath came down. Maybe they can find another Glenn McGrath to come from the country and, and do do what he did for the, for, for the club as well. But yeah, they need something out there at, at Sutherland, unfortunately, um, it just I don't think this season is going to be it. Hopefully they can look to the future and 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 find something a bit more for for seasons to come. Jack, your prediction? Yeah, well, my prediction is probably down the bottom, somewhere from seventeenth to twenty. I think. I think Tom Pinson's an interesting one. Five years ago, he was a really quality first grade bowler. He was tall and quick, and and really had a bit of a bit of bounce about him, and it was a bit of a handful. I think he had a bit of interest in interstate. I think he did go interstate. And since he's come back, he, he struggled for rhythm and his results haven't been anywhere near as um, consistent as they were. So they need Tom Pinson, I think, to really get going with the ball and take wickets with that new ball. Um, but look, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be down the bottom somewhere. And um, hopefully with Tom Pinson avoiding, to, avoiding falling over a fence while trying to take a catch as well. So... I mean, that always helps. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the final part of our preview of the 2022-23 New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket Competition. You are listening to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available on uh, for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, the Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Your local RSL is at the heart of every community and there is none better in the Hornsby Karingai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or friends or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about with regular weekly events, special entertainment and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out. As always, drink responsibly. Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 947777 and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL, proud station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. 
Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to the hidden gem in the Hornsby Coringai area, the attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, the attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your next night out at the attic at 4 High Street Hornsby. Call them on 94777777 or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Edible Caruso back with the wise man, Matt Mears, and our special guest, Jack Ritchie. And we are going to finish off the last part. Yes, we're in the fourth innings, ladies and gentlemen, of our preview of the 2022-23 New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket Competition. We now come to team number 16 in alphabetical order. It is the grand old club, Sydney Cricket Club, the Sydney Tigers, and Matt Mears, you know, this is a team that a couple of years ago were fly-eye, one of the dominant teams in the competitions, and now with a couple of players moving on and quite a few changes occurring, this is a team that could be on the slide now. Well, we always saw Sydney Cricket Club as not, 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 not it was a champion team, not a not not just a team that had champion players in it, and that's what you need in this uh, Belvedere Cup competition. You need to have a, a team that's going to be fairly stable throughout the competition. But like we talked about a little bit earlier with the Randy Peets, they, that, that that glue that was surrounding them just sort of starting to come away. And you see those players that uh, are quality getting opportunities. As I said, you've got Anthony Mosca in the state. You've got Ben Menendi, obviously. We've been seeing what he's been doing in Tasmania and for the Sixers as well. A few other players lose, uh, leaving the club as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, there's still a lot of great talent in the club. We'll go through them shortly, I'm sure. But... It's going to be up to um, some of these second graders again that, that are going to have to make that step up and, and fill the holes in this side to, to see how the, the Tigers are going to go and, and whether they can uh, achieve past glories again this season. And there have been some very big losses over the course of the year, but this is going to, the, I think the one that's going to hurt Jack the most is the departure of Ryan Felsch himself. This is a guy that, you know, on his day, we've said it last week and we can say it again. He can be the most damaging player in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be a really big loss for them. Um, and look, if you look at that team that they won the premiership with two seasons ago, so so much of that team now has 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 gone. You know, a couple of guys interstate, a couple of um, guys moving clubs, a couple of retirements. Nick Bills and, and Dan Smith doesn't really play much first grade anymore. So, um, yeah, look, I think. I think um, they're going through that sort of rebuilding phase now, I think, Sydney. So, look, I, I see them finishing probably around that kind of 10 to 15th kind of position. Um, yeah, you, you just you can't lose like, all those quality players and replace them overnight. I think it'll take them a, a couple of seasons to, to build their squad back up. It's it's a massive slide. And you have to consider as well, Matt, that they, they did finish 14th in the club championship, which by the standards of the Sydney Cricket Club, is actually pretty poor. Um, so you have to wonder where these next set of players are going to come from. Well, when you consider they finished sixth in the first grade competition and that club championship is weighted towards the first grade. So that's just showing the performances of their lower grades. So they're going to have to try and find something. But when you've got the likes of Bo McClintock, uh, Alex Glenn Denning, that um, there are those those players there that have that have stepped up before. They're going to have to fill even bigger roles there now. They're they're going to be looked at by their teammates as you're the you're the big fish now in this team. They need to perform week in and week out. And I think that was a, the, one of the things with uh, the Tigers in previous years. If if someone failed, then there was someone else there that could step up and and pick up that flack. And it wasn't the same people on the on the. Um, 
It wasn't the same people that you saw up in lights every single week. It was everybody did their bit throughout the season. Now it's going to be on the shoulders of a select few, and that's what's going to make it difficult because that's not what that team's been built on. So it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think six is – if they could make six, I think they'd be uh, doing some backflips down at uh, Drummond Oval. But I think, uh, as Jack said, you're looking down more towards 10th. Um, for where they'll finish uh, this season. We then move on to Sydney University Cricket Club, the students. And a, a couple of transfers, Matt Mears, but one of them, a very big one for for the students. Well, this is a big name, and I think we mentioned it last week, but obviously coming into this team is, is a huge one. And Dylan Hunter coming in from Gordon, he'll make a, a, a big impact on this team. You've got Leon Robinson that's uh, announced his retirement as an out, but... As I said, we, we, we know what we expect from uh, the, the students here. They'll be disappointed with their their eighth-place finish in the uh, Belvedere Cup last year. They, they're a team that has finals on their mind every year. We called them on grand final day at, at University Oval when the, the Randy Peets got them, when they had their influx of their uh, Daniel Sams, et cetera, um, representative players. But... Yeah, they'll they'll be on a tear. They'll be looking to improve on that eighth position. And when you when you've got the the likes of Tim Cummins, Hayden Kerr when available, uh, Nick Larkin when available as well, plus more, um, that they'll certainly be there or thereabouts uh, looking at the finals uh, for this season. Two things come to mind when I see this team, Jack. First thing is that this is a team that we've known for a number of years is perfectly suited for two-day cricket. There's no, there's nothing particularly flash about them. They're a very technically astute team. The other one is that, you know, Sydney University, we know, is a team that generally does not miss finals twice in a row. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, look, I, I'm tipping Sydney Uni to, to bounce back this season and, and be in that top six. I think Nick Larkin, it seems like, um, won't be in around the Blues setup, so he'll be available um, a lot more for Sydney Uni, probably other than that Big Bash period if he's if he's still with the Melbourne Stars. Um, so I think he, he he's a prolific run scorer um, in New South Premier Cricket. So so I think they'll have a lot of runs to play with with himself and and Mortimer, um, Hayden Kerr if he, if he's around. Um, Gauchi's a, a good player. Tim Cummins, so they've got they'll have a lot of runs to play with. Um, I think their 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 bowling's an interesting one. Um, Devlin Malone is a, a quality spinner. Like he's such a good good leggy. He's taken so many wickets. Um, he, he considered very unlucky not to have played for the the Blues at, at some point. Um, so he he's, he takes a lot of wickets. Um, but their quicks are probably a little. I'd say that's the only sort of weaker area of their team. Dougal Holloway is a, a good, solid opening bowler, but I don't know if there's a, a hell of a lot of support for him there. So, um, yeah, their their fast bowling's probably an area where they they might be a little bit light on. But I think they'll they'll have plenty of runs to play with. So I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. Well, they, they used to have a, a line, not not a particularly quick lineup, but guys that just bowled length very well. The likes of Ben Joy and Tim Lay, along with some of the medium paces from Liam Robertson as, as well. They've now lost that. So you're right. I think there's a genuine uh, weakness now with uh, with their seam bowling lineup. But as, do you think, Matt, that they're batting is going to be enough to be able to drag them back into the top six. Well, I think with, with definitely with more two days where they can put on those big runs and and have to put the pressure on, they can um, win the toss bat first and then put on a, a very sizable total, put it on the opposition, say, well, here's our best. Now it's up to you to chase it. And then they can put the squeeze on and, and make it not more about them bowling them out, but the other team getting themselves out. So... I still think they'll be there or whereabouts. They'll be up to they'll be up towards that top six this season. But as I said, they'll they'll have to identify those weaknesses that they do have and uh, and play to their strength. As I said, their batting is their strength. If they can make those big totals, then watch out because we know what they can do out there at uh, University Oval. Well, we'll then move on to the University of New South Wales, the Bumblebees, one of our favourite underdog teams in this competition. Just the one uh, transfer, Matt Mears, but probably one of the more interesting ones for the competition. 
Yeah, Ben Green coming in from uh, Somerset. He'll be an interesting uh, addition to this side, but it's one of the ones that, as you said, they're, they're, they're everybody's favourite underdog. We, I remember um, the season before calling them out there uh, in the, the Kingsgrove Cup final out at Bankstown Oval, and they did the they did it again. They they last year they made the they made the uh, they made the finals uh, the conference final uh, again uh, as, as that underdog team. They said you, you normally see them finish in that mid table. They finished ninth in the Belvedere Cup last year, but I think this is a telling stat. Even though they finished ninth in the first grade competition, they finished sixth in the club championship. So that tells me they've got a lot of good players in in that. Uh, Two to fifth, two to fifth grade um, set up there. So hopefully for them, they can start to see them uh, those good young players coming through. But when you got the likes of Chris Tremaine, uh, Matt Jilks, Dan Christian around um, this group, um, they're always going to be a nuisance value. Whether they make the top six or not, I don't know. But when you when you look at the the players that they're attracting. Um, obviously there, there's there's something going on at the Bumblebees and I think it's somewhere that, that people are getting attracted to. Jack, this is a team that's really built up some major nuisance value in the competition. Once upon a time, people will be saying this would be a gift six points. These days now, this is a team that if you're not careful, they'll, they'll pull their, your pants down and they will to show you why UNSW are probably one of the form clubs as a whole at the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think they surprised a lot of people last season with their results. Um, I, I do think they were a team in first grade that benefited from the season being mainly um, 50 over cricket and obviously the 2020 competition. I feel like this year in two-day cricket, um, the longer games, I'm not sure they'll be able to uh, to sort of play that consistent cricket session after session week after week. So I actually think they might struggle a little bit in the two-day cricket this season, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them go on a bit of a run again in the um in the the T20 competition, particularly if uh if those three blokes Matt mentioned, Matt Jilks, Dan Christian and Chris Tremaine, if if they're available at all for the the 2020s, then I wouldn't be surprised to see them right up there, but overall I think they they might struggle a little bit actually. I've got them finishing seventh to tenth. Your predictions, gentlemen? Yeah, I, I think they'll be down more towards the tenth. They said ninth last year. I think that's sort of where they'll sit. Um, I think Kingsgrove T Twenty, as as Jack said, that's where they'll make their presence known again, and that's where they'll be nuisance value, particularly to some of those top clubs. I wouldn't be surprised, particularly if they get some of those big names playing for them again. I don't. I, I wouldn't be uh, surprised to see them in the finals again. But yeah, that two-day competition. It'll be interesting to see how consistent they can be. But I still think middle of the table. Um, they're not down with some of those teams we've mentioned previously. They, they've got a good, strong core squad there, and um, they'll use it wisely and and they'll use it well. I guess Jack. The other thing to mention as well, of course, the home of one of the the cult heroes of uh, cricket in in Sydney these days, JP Gavin. You know, we can see his branding around everywhere from time to time. Um, you know, who knows? We might see him pop up at some point in some of the higher grades as well. Yeah, look, he's built up quite a um, connection with a, quite a few clubs now. Um, JP Gavin, yeah. So, yeah, his little business is um is, is going well. But, look, I, I think they'll probably be around that 15th position. That's where I'm predicting them. Um, I just think the two-day cricket might um might find them out a little bit, I think. We now move on to the UTS North Sydney Cricket Club, the North Sydney Bears. And Matt Mears, a team that has, I guess, to a large extent, really re-established itself as a club and as a force over the last couple of years. A couple of departures have hurt them, but they still remain somewhat competitive. Yeah, well, I said, the, 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 the big move when the crossweights came from Manly uh, across uh, to the Bears, that that really put a shot in the arm. And and talking to a few of the players uh, I knew in the lower grades when they made that 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 jump across it, they really it was what they did off the field and behind the scenes um, that was really the the big difference. You you saw the difference at training. You saw um, this the intensity lift, and you saw that results transfer onto the field. Um, once they've obviously made their way out, and obviously Adams now back playing in Victoria. Um, 
you can still see the impact they made, but just unfortunately those results haven't uh, quite flown through. They were 12th in the first grade competition last year, um, fifth in the Kingsgrove T20. Big stat though, 15th in the club championships. So that's just showing that that maybe they 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 got some good players across there, but but quite just don't have that depth as they um, as they once did, and a couple of big outs as well uh, in that first grade side. So maybe it could be just another year where it might be battling a little bit, which is a shame because they have still got some good players there, and who wouldn't want to be playing at, at North Sydney Oval every second week? Absolutely, Jack uh, Jack Ritchie. I mean two. Big names come out of that. Jack James to Gordon and Aiden Barriol off to Tasmania. Last year was a breakout year for, for Aiden Barriol in particular. The young wicketkeeper often sort of stuck in the ranks but sort of been spoken about as a genuine contender for the future glove work for the New South Wales Blues. Instead, he's gone off to Tassie chasing a contract and I'll tell you what, I don't think he'd be far off getting a gig in the in the Sheffield Shield with the Devils. Yeah, look, you never know. He probably didn't have the best of news um, the last week or so where it looks like Tim Payne uh, might be playing the Shield season. So that probably wasn't the, the greatest news for Aiden. But it's great to see him going down there and, and giving it a crack. And look, who knows? All he needs is, you know, if he can string a few hundreds together and jag a game in the second 11 and, um, go from there. You just you just never know. Cricket's um, a, a funny game like that, as the the saying goes. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to see Aiden, um, you know, uh, make that next level of, of second eleven. Then hopefully, um, you know, first class cricket after that. But look, I think UTS will have quite a good season. I think um, Justin Avendano is close to the best bat in the comp, and he's just so confident in his game and. He's really too good for first grade now. So I think he'll score heaps of runs again. Tom Yago sort of didn't have the best season last year after a huge season the year before. So I expect him to um, get back to his best. Um, and then Tim Reynolds is a really good player. And Tim actually has a younger brother as well who's been scoring a lot of runs up in the Northern Territory um, in some junior competitions over the winter. So I think he'll kick on into first grade this season. And they've got a couple of old sort of War horses in James Campbell and Matt Alexander, um, you know, opening the bowling. So I think they'll be they'll be very steady with the ball. They probably would love a, a third quick to really sort of um, cement themselves in the team. I know Oliver Knights has sort of been there or thereabouts, and um, even um, James Aiken has has bowled his little medium pace a little bit, but. I think they'd love a third quick just to really shore up that um that attack, and I think that would really push them into being a um a top six mainstay. But no, look, I think they'll be up there, North Sydney. I'm backing them for a pretty good season. I I I'm got I'm got a bit of an idea about where you're going with this, Jack. And you, you I think you're suggesting that maybe the the change to the two day format is probably going to help them, especially considering that it's going to give Matt Alexander and James Campbell probably a bit more freedom to bowl what they bowl best, which I guess it's a little bit more low key compared to other teams, but Matt Alexander, when he gets going in particular, um, it's it's a lucky dip. You don't know what you're going to face. And with a two-day format, he's probably going to have a bit more freedom to bowl that style. Yeah, look, he, he's um, a really awkward customer to face, Matt Alexander. A left armour, a bit of a slinging action, um, sharp, sharp on his day. So he, he can be a real handful. Um, and James Campbell's been a really quality player for, for probably close to 10 years now in, in first grade. So I think those two will enjoy being back to um, two-day cricket. Um, and, yeah, look, you know, they've got a couple of – Mac Jenkins is a, a handy left-arm ortho. Um, a, a young cricketer still sort of still learning his trade. Um, a handy bat too. And, look, Sam Alexander has had, um, you know, a bit of experience now in first grade and, and will be – sort of probably competing with Mac for that spinner spot. So they do have a bit of depth building up um, in, in different um, areas of, of the team. So, yeah, look, I think North Sydney, I think on the back of Avendano and Yago having big seasons um, and then with a pretty experienced attack, I think um, I think they'll be in the top six. 
Matt, this is, that's probably the nicest thing anyone has ever said about Sam Alexander on this podcast. Oh, geez. So he's been a guest. Uh, for those who uh, might be first or second time listeners, uh, go back in the archives. You can hear our uh, episode with Sam Alexander. But um, it'll be another one that, that's interesting. I, I think Jack made a point that there's depth in some areas. I don't know what the depth is in, in others. As you said, that quick bowling, um, they, they need a third quick Having a look around, another favourite here on the bench. If Brad Wilson ends up playing first, oh, here we grade, go. we'll never hear the end of it. We'll absolutely dead set never hear the end of it. But, oh no! But as I said, they, 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 if they can find that right combination, if they can, if they can keep those players on the field, they'll definitely have a much better season. I think to to our North Sydney fans, I'm going to give you a little bit of heartbreak. I think they'll be pushing for the top six, but they'll just miss out. But They'll need a lot of these players that we've mentioned to be on the park week in, week out. Justin Avedana, you, you'd hope, would be another have another big bash run in him. Hopefully there's not too many injuries and uh, they don't have to test that depth too much. But they'll be there or thereabouts come finals I'll time. I'll tell you what, Jack. I mean, if Brad, it's bad enough in terms of the way that Paramount is going in the rugby league if that Brad Wilson is going to be going on <laughs> like this. If, if he makes first grade, God help us, we will never hear the end of it. I actually uh, have a little bit of inside information about B. Wilson, and I think he might be taking the first part of the season off cricket. I think he's having Ooh. a little a little breather, um, and then maybe building up for a uh, maybe a, a second half of the season comeback. So, um, yeah, look, I think I think I think UTS North Sydney will be um, will be in the top six. I'm I'm putting him there. I think like their partnership with the UTS University has just brought a totally new element to their club. Um, so I think that's been huge for them. And, um, and yeah, I expect them to, to bounce back and have a, a really good season. You're too right with their, their partnership with UTS. That has been an absolute goldmine for them. And it's probably one of the cleverest things we've seen with a cricket club in terms of an organization as well. We now move on to our last team for our preview the New South Wales men's premier cricket competition for season 2022-23. It is Matt Mears, the Western Suburbs Magpies. It is Keith Topolsky's favourite cricket team. Keith Topolsky has a favourite cricket it team? It is. I thought he was trying to sabotage cricket, particularly after no, no, he didn't no, upload the uh, part but, one on but time. Remember, but remember, this is, a, this is a guy that if anything is there to do with the Magpies, he's there, doesn't matter what sport. Yeah, that's true. But he did almost sabotage the part one preview, but uh, he got it. He got it up on time, so it's all right. Well, maybe a little bit late, but we won't. We won't have, give him too much curry for it. But I said, Western Suburbs was always one of those teams that, uh, that I think they do run hot and cold. Obviously, they've had some good performances in the last few years, not so good ones as well. Seventh last year on the ladder, I, there was a lot of people writing them off with. Um, John O'Cook moving out of that team. He was a lot of the heart and soul moving across to East, but they they had their players that came through set up. Obviously, led brilliantly by uh, by Josh Clark. He he does all that. He does a, a, a tremendous job out there. But as I said, uh, they're coming off a good season. As I mentioned, seventh in the Belvedere Cup, uh, third in the the Sydney Comf- in the Sydney Thunder Conference as well. Uh, again, though, I'll go back to that that club championship stat of of finishing twelfth. It, it does show that they probably could use a bit more depth in their uh, lower grades, but if they can keep this first grade team together, and as I said, they've they've recruited pretty well, and 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 not from the not from the the Sydney grade competition, they've 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 gone out and and looked further afield. Um, I, I expect that they could be up there, and and we talk about nuisance value; they'll certainly be nuisance value on their day. Jack, this is a team that has really improved their batting out of out of sight. Along with Josh Clark, you've got James Sarakis and Nick Cutler who have made themselves mainstays in this team. And I think Cutler even banging on the door of a call to to New South Wales. But we do know that the the secret weapon over the last couple of years, whenever he's been a, made himself available, the absolutely frightening pace of Muhammad Irfan Jr. Yeah, he, he's real sharp. Um, they'll definitely need him firing because just looking at their squad, I think they will have quite a few runs to play with. Josh Clark's one of those guys similar to Avendano and Rodgy, um, who are he's sort of he's too good for first grade cricket, but doesn't seem to get 
an opportunity further. So he'll score heaps of runs again. Nick Cutler, as you said, I think he's a really impressive player and I expect him to continue improving this season and push for a, a you know a game or two in the second New South Wales second eleven. So I think they'll have runs to play with, but I think um taking ten wickets and just having that depth in their bowling lineup could be where they fall short. And I actually think similar to University of New South Wales, I think they were a team that um enjoyed playing all the white ball cricket last season. I think going back to predominantly red ball cricket this year might just find them out a little bit. I think that white ball cricket, the shorter the format, the the it, cl- the, it brings teams closer together. I think the longer form of the games, you, you really sort of see the, the difference between the quality teams and the teams um, who aren't quite at that level yet. And I think, I don't think Western Suburbs are, are quite at that level to, push for a, a top six position. Um, just I, I'm going to go in a different direction here, Matt. I'm. This is my big call for the year. I think Western Suburbs makes the top six. Oh, so that, that is a huge call. Um, obviously, they're, they're one of those teams that are on the improve. We've talked about a lot of teams here that uh, unfortunately are, are on the slide. There will be new you. They, they'll certainly push some of the top teams this year. But as I said, seventh last year, it's a bit like the West Tigers if we want to go back to Keith Topolsky, where, where ninth was sort of their uh, spot for a few years, the West Tigers not just making the uh, not just making the um, the final series. I think it'll be the same for West this year. They'll, they'll push it and they'll be in the calculations all season. But just when we've mentioned some of these other clubs, just you, you can't keep some of these big clubs out of the top six. And just unfortunately for West, their time is coming. I just don't think it's this season, unfortunately. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We finally did it. That is the conclusion of our preview for the New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket Competition for season 2022-23. This is going to be a fascinating competition to see what happens. Indeed, plenty of transfers, plenty of movements. But, Matt, most of all, the return of Red Bull Cricket in New South Wales Premier Men's Premier Cricket. Yeah, I think we've been um, I think we've been deprived of, of quality cricket over the last couple of years. Obviously, it's just been great that with what's been going on in the world, that we've been able to at least play some cricket. Which is we, we we'd certainly take some cricket over no cricket at all. But when we're getting back to the traditional, we're getting back to red ball, we're getting back to two days. This is when the 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 cream rises to the top. And uh, as I said, it's going to be a fascinating uh, it's going to be a fascinating season. We obviously. Here on Triple H, can't wait for the Kingsgrove T20. We'll be back out calling that again this season on Sundays. We'll be calling, hopefully as well, the women's uh, Premier T20s as well. Um, you can find out more about that on our socials come October when we hit cricket mode here on Triple H. And obviously we'll be talking uh, the Belvedere Cup week in and week out on the bench uh, on, on our Monday night sports shows for those that are First time or, or new listeners to uh, to Splinters, um, we will certainly won't be leaving it there with our coverage of the uh, New South Wales Premier Cricket, one of the best Premier Cricket competitions in the world. Hopefully over the last two hours, the last two episodes, you can see why, because as I said, there's going to be some fascinating cricket coming up and it only starts in a few weeks. So I think it's it, we're all going to be waking up in a few Saturdays time. It's almost going to be like Christmas. It's instead of the, uh, Instead of the Christmas tree being done up in the lounge room, the cricket bag will be there and uh, there'll be a lot of big smiles on faces. Well, I do want to wish a very big thank you to Jack Ritchie for the last two hours worth of podcast that you've done with us. It has been absolutely awesome having you on the show. Who knows, we might have you joining us for a call or two into the future. It has been an absolute pleasure and we wish you all the best for the year. Thanks very much for having us, guys. I've loved talking New South Wales Premier Cricket and It'll be interesting to look back at the end of the season and see uh, if our predictions were <laughs> on the money or not. Yeah, best uh, not to yeah, do that. <laughs> hopefully um, catch up during the season for a call. That'd be great. A- absolutely. We've got a Matt Mears, when, we're not done yet with cricket. We're going to have a, obviously with splinters, we're going to have a break next week with the wrap-up of NPL New South Wales men's. But then we return with Shires and the Women's Premier Cricket Preview. Yeah, as I said, when, when you think too much cricket isn't enough, Make sure you subscribe to Splinters. Um, as I said, that Shires preview, it's usually it usually outrates the 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 Premier Cricket one. So 
obviously with a, a lot of people interested in the Shires, we love being able to, to, to sort of be that preview and be that go-to destination uh, for the Shires as well. And, and obviously with our links with, with Georgia through the, the women's premier cricket, we'll be out there calling their T20s on a Sunday again. We look forward to that. And that's our commitment to women's sport that we have here on Triple H. So yeah, as I said, a, a good month coming up with more cricket previews and then There'll be even more after that with um, with BBL and, and everything coming up um, as the cricket season kicks off. So, as said, just when you think there's too much cricket, there's never too much cricket here on Triple H. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, that is Stumps here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, the Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport and Business Plaza. On behalf of Jack Ritchie and Matt Mears, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites. 